Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast produced by Story 94 at their podcast studio here in Oxford. I'm Rosie and I'll be guiding you through inspiring indie stories from businesses across Oxfordshire to help you find out more about the shops, cafes, studios and spaces that make up our local communities. Hi, I'm Rosie from Indie Oxford and welcome to this episode of the Indie Oxford podcast. Um, I'm joined by guest host Lindsay Einan from Start to Thrive Coaching. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. <laughs> feeling, feeling, um, got lots of energy now. Slightly over caffeine, now, okay. I have to say, so I shall try and keep a lid on it. Excellent. Um, so, this week we're discussing uh, mission, so the, the kind of purpose and the values behind um, indie businesses and why they exist. Um, so to help us discuss this topic, we've got Sarah Jordan from You Underwear. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to our chat? I am. Good. Yes. Excellent. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no worries. Um, so before we um, delve into the questions, could you just tell us a bit about You Underwear and... Um, why you started it. I suppose the your kind of fundamental uh mission behind um behind the business. Yeah, certainly. So yeah, as you said, um I run you underwear. We are a sustainable underwear business, um, with what I say is a very simple mission of trying to change the world one pair of pants at a time. A bit more to it than that. But it was basically inspired by me going to Uganda uh, about five years ago now. Um, where I saw the problem of women and girls who didn't have access to underwear and the impact that that had, um, both in terms of obvious kind of health and hygiene things, but actually access to education was the big one. So they were missing a quarter of their education. So when they had their periods each month, they didn't, they couldn't go to school. So it just had a massive impact from sort of age nine or 10 up. And I wanted to do something about that. So that's been the purpose, I suppose, behind the business. Um, from the start and then looking at how we could tackle that and discovering that cotton is better for you um, but actually conventional cotton is incredibly polluting the fashion industry generally is pretty nasty and put those pieces together to create what is now you underwear hmm. so how would you say having a clear mission has shaped your business Sarah um, I think it's been I mean that was the business that was the purpose behind it so it wasn't about um, setting out to start a business um, or even I never thought I would do that. I never kind of went into it with that view. It was very much trying to tackle that problem. Um, and how could I do that? And how could I do that in a sustainable way that would help long term? So not just kind of donate underwear in the first instance or make other gifts or whatever I could do, but actually create something that was going to make a difference because I figured that people are going to need underwear for a while. This mm -hmm. wasn't a problem that was about to go away. So wanted to create something kind of long term that was going to have that impact so it was very much trying to do that and it ended up by selling underwear essentially so that was how I looked at tackling the problem so it's kind of been very mission focused from yeah. the start. I always talk to my clients about understanding their why um, that's sort of my how I sort of yeah. describe it to people is like if you if you have something in mind, if you can understand the why behind it, you know, so I always describe it as for the sake of what, um, then it's a much, uh, a much clearer path potentially, but also that motivational piece of, you know, when we mentioned it before, sort of in the dark days, you know, when things are difficult, it's remembering mm -hmm. that, you know, what am I trying to achieve and, and for the purpose of. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think it definitely, it's massively 
motivating, I think, mm. as well, because it's hard running a business, particularly doing it on your own and a small business. And if you've got something bigger driving you, then it kind of makes that a little bit easier when you don't know what you're doing that day and getting up in the morning, kind of going, this is a real battle. But actually, you've got something bigger to focus on than just what you're doing. Mm. I think it gets you out of your head. Yeah. It's so it's so easy, isn't it, just to be in your yeah, doing the day-to-day. The day-to-day stuff, yeah, exactly. And it's actually, if you can step back every now and again and go, this is why we're doing it, then suddenly kind of go, okay, yeah, I will keep going. <laughs> I have got the energy. <laughs> I can do this, I can do this. So can you tell us a little bit about um, B Corps, but also that you underwear has been named the most sustainable business in the UK. So can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that? We have. Which is amazing. Yay, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that's a bit of a surreal one. Um, well, we did, so I suppose, going back to kind of having that mission and purpose, Beacle's always been the thing that I wanted to, that we've aspired to as much as anything, because that's the, certainly in the moment, the ultimate kind of benchmark of sustainability, whatever mm-hmm. that means, um, looking at your social impact, your environmental impact. Um, and so it's always been kind of on my list. I just thought we were too small for several years um and actually it was grant who grant hayward who encouraged me to do it and just use the bia itself and kind of go through that and see how we got on and actually yeah we've ended up with a pretty good score um and which has been amazing because it's just kind of validated i suppose Mm. and you know confirmed all the difficult decisions that you make as a sustainable business you're always making compromises everything costs a whole lot more um and whilst that is 100% why we're doing it, um, it does make it hard. And so it's kind of nice to get that, um, I suppose. And it adds uh, credibility, I suppose, also to what we're doing because we say we're sustainable, again, whatever that means. But actually, we've now got somebody else that also agrees with yeah. us. <laughs> and what impact have you? What impact has it had? Like, Have you seen a tangible impact of that status now from, from your customers in terms of feedback or in terms of business? I think it's very mixed because because of the space that we're in, it is a little bit of an echo chamber. So the people I'm talking to know about it, know what B Corps is, know that it's a good thing. But there's a lot that also don't and have absolutely no idea what it means. And it's been interesting because we've now got our shop and I've put the sign and I've put two big signs in the window that says that. And that prompts lots of conversations and lots of questions, kind of going, what is it? So I think it's been interesting just to kind of start those conversations and and try and explain to people why what it is why it's a good thing and the impact that it has um it hasn't i don't know it's yeah it generates um some very positive feedback and comments and stuff but it is also in the wider kind of public space i suppose it's still not as well understood as I think it is. Mm, mm. <laughs> so there's still a lot of conversations around, you know, what does this mean? Some people very clearly and some people have actually found us and visited the shop and come in because they've searched for B-Cores. So they do, it, you know, it's a real spectrum of how many people understand it. Um, but it's obviously growing and that can only be a good thing. Yeah. I think it's, being honest, it's not something I'd heard of before I was in business for myself. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's clearly, I think, a, an area where there can be more discussion about it mm. going forward. I mean, it, it can't do any harm. Yeah. And certainly in fashion where there's so much greenwashing, mm. it is one where we've always had the individual sort of accreditations almost with fair trade and GOTS and living wage and all the stuff that we do. But that's the one that maps over everything. 
and is a bit more holistic in terms of every area of your business, which makes it such a challenge because it is a really thorough, rigorous look at absolutely mm. everything you're doing. Um, and it took us between a year and 18 months to kind of go through all of that. But it is then something that we can say does provide that credibility as much as anything. So if there was a business listening to this who was thinking, is this something for me? Is it is it something that you would recommend? What would your advice to them be about about B Corp status? Um, I think it depends. I mean, I suppose going back to the whole, everything we're talking about, mission and purpose, it depends why you're doing it. And I think that's probably why we got such a good score because the business, it wasn't set up as a business. It was set up as trying to make a difference. And it happens to be by selling underwear. So there was a lot. We went in, we submitted with like 127 points, came out with 160 something. And that's just because we're doing a lot more than we realised and gave ourselves credit for. So I think, but if that motivates you, if you're trying to do something, as you say, kind of going back to your values is where I would start. So I've done a lot of coaching and run groups and stuff around it because that's really what's important to me. Your personal values map to your business values. What inspires you or on the flip side, what really pisses you off? Because that's also, you know, can be something that will really get you going is I want to make a positive difference on this bit or actually that really drives me nuts, that inequality or whatever it is that frustrates you. So you can kind of be inspired either way. If you've got that embedded in it, then definitely. And if you're interested in, I mean, I, yeah, going back to that, I think you have to do it almost because I don't think you can really legitimately start a business now without considering people and planet, which is ultimately what B Corp does because we've seen that what we were doing doesn't work. We've massively screwed up all sorts of things. Yep. So I think you kind of, you've got a responsibility to try and uh, leave the world in a better place. And so something like B Corp just helps you do that. And even if you're not going to submit it um, and actually get the certification, certification and accreditation, then using the impact assessment to help guide you it's a bit of a no-brainer because it's free and online. Yeah, so so you can just do the assessment, can't you? And then and yeah. then run through it. So so just um, highlight some of the areas that your that the assessment covers and how the scoring works. So you have to score over. So you've got to score over eighty. Over eighty out of two hundred. So there's two hundred points available. There's loads of questions, and they all there's there's not kind of a set amount because each. They have a number of sort of gate questions that then open up the next set of things. So do you do this? Yes or no. If you do, you've got kind of follow up things um, across five areas. So there's governance, um, community, environment, people and another one. Hey, another. <laughs> That's completely slipped my mind. Um, but basically, it is that holistic mapping of everything that you do. So for us as a manufacturing business, it goes right back through the supply chain. How do we treat people all the way through? How do our manufacturers do that? And what's the proof of it as well? So you have to verify everything. So you're not just saying, yes, we do this, but they then go and check and you have to provide proof points for it. Um, Governance is like your legal structure. So when you set up a company, you get your articles of association and your objects, which generally you just download from company's house and you get the standard ones. Whereas as a B Corp and as a social enterprise, you have to change those to kind of embed this stuff. So we have a legal obligation to do the stuff that we say we're doing around our impact and being nice is a short version of our like two, three page kind of document that I've submitted, which is basically trying to reflect that, giving your business the personality um, and the impact that you want to make. And it identifies all of that. So you've got all your governance, community is how you impact 
um, your broader community, how you give back, how you support them, how you contribute workers, obviously people that you're employing. And it doesn't need to be just employees because that goes back to what I thought in terms of us not being big enough, but actually people that work for you, support you, freelance, um, because it's trying to encourage you to be a good business and treat those people well, whether they are PAYE or not. Um and environment. So it's looking at everything. So you monitor, we track our water usage, all our utilities, the recycling that we do, everything that we do with our boxes, our printing, our ink, our banking. So it is a big comprehensive look. And as you said, Rosie, you've got to get 80 points out of the 200. Um, and you, But you use the, the BIA, the B Impact Assessment is the online tool that you can go to their website and just go through and see how you're doing, basically. Um, and I think most businesses take a year or two to just use that tool and see where um, where you're doing well, where you're scoring. We got 70, I think 75 points just in community, which is all of our giving back impact stuff. So it kind of helps you to identify where you're doing well, but also where your gaps are. Customers is the fifth one. Mm. Um, to say that you're treating your customers and, and their data and things like that properly mm-hmm. as well. So. Um, you can identify areas for improvement and it's a really good tool to help you develop and grow your business as well as just for that first accreditation. Mm. So. Brings this, it sounds to me that it brings this um, very much a human element into a business, mm. um, which, which I think a lot of independent businesses would, would sort of identify with in terms of my experience in sort of the community that I've seen is that most people start their own business because they're passionate about something. So very much this mission yeah. topic. Yeah. But it sounds like that this, this process really drills down into sort of the human element which from for a business that where mission is is something that's very important for them it almost it's like a doubling down almost is the phrase I would use it's yeah 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 I think it is and a lot of people as you say small businesses you're setting up for a reason Mm. because you want to do something good um, and have a positive impact in on you know environmentally or on a particular community or a group of customers beneficiaries whatever it is that you want to kind of support in some way so it is a natural kind of extension of that in the same way that for us things like fair trade and the cotton certifications that we've got are just part of what we do because that sort of shows that it's um it's backing up your claims as much as anything so yeah i think it's really it's probably more achievable actually than a lot of people realize um, because although it's a big bit of work, it is just going through and kind of mapping out what you're doing and, and putting some of the proof points in. And it's having a holistic approach, isn't it, as well? You know, I think yeah. if you're trying to be a, an ethical business, it's no good just saying, oh, well, we create this recycled product. It's also thinking about, you know, what the social impact is yeah. and that that whole that whole picture rather than, just being quite single-minded about it and I think that there is a danger that that you kind of forget about all of that other stuff and I think what's nice about the B Corp assessment is that you're kind of bringing in all those other elements because surely you can't have a kind of environmentally sustainable business if you're not thinking about these other aspects. Yeah, and I think it goes back to some of where you have the challenges. I mean, the fashion, fashion industry is a good example because around International Women's Day, You've got these slogan feminist T-shirts made by poorly paid, badly treated modern slaves in some factory in the middle of, you know, women. Mm -hmm. And it's like you've got that real um, contradiction. So it does help with things like that because it's saying you can't just have a positive impact and produce something that's recycled. 
if you are still treating people badly or not paying fair wages or destroying things in a different way. So it really does, as you say, kind of have that holistic um, measurement of stuff. And you don't need to score particularly brilliantly. You just need to kind of have that whole approach um, to try and do the best that you can. And they're very clear as well that it's kind of a, a journey. Um, in terms of you, so you certify and then you have to recertify every three years. But in that time, they also encourage you to set goals. So you're trying to kind of improve everything that you're doing. And there's various working groups. The whole community is amazing at trying to just have a better impact, essentially. And there's the um, Better Business Act that's they're lobbying for, that's going to Parliament in a few weeks, that's about exactly that. It's just trying to kind of make companies measure and reflect on stuff that isn't just profit basically and they're trying to change the company legislation to to do that as well to say you can't just it's not all about profit because that's such a destructive um, benchmark if you just do that on its own Mm. i think as you sort of alluded to the consumer's got a lot to do with this as well in the sense that it's great you know, businesses, independent businesses, particularly sort of um, leaning into this and understanding that sustainability is important and all aspects of sustainability, not just, as you mentioned, mm. the recycling part. And But the example that you gave in terms of, you know, T-shirts for in, um, for International Women's Day, consumers got a huge part to play in this in that recognising that mm. if you're buying a T-shirt for £2, you've really got to ask a question about that as to, you know, where that's coming from and what's behind it. So... Yeah, yeah, I think definitely. I mean, the example that I always, you know, if it costs less than your coffee, somebody's paying. It is not possible to make garments for less than that. It just isn't physically possible unless somebody somewhere is being really shafted as a result of it. And so we do have to, I think once you know that, yes, there is a challenge around cost, but that's more our um perception and also our sort of i was going to say training but marketing leading us to believe that everything should be a pound that that's the acceptable price for a lot of stuff which it just isn't because it doesn't reflect the fair um inputs into it which is mostly people and so yeah i think once you know that you can't i can't you can't live with yours you know if you can say yes okay i know that someone's being um exploited on the end of this it's okay i still want that t-shirt you're kind of like you've got to sleep at night yeah. really and say we are now we know this stuff it's becoming much more visible and it isn't just in some far off country like india or bangladesh where this has historically happened it's here it's in leicester we discovered that a couple of years ago with all the stuff that came out through covid and you know we know and are you really prepared to endorse that mm-hmm. basically and i would say no mm-hmm. <laughs> i think the other great thing about b corp is that it's it does give that legitimacy. So I, I think that there's there's been this kind of new thing that's come out. You know, we've had greenwashing. We've got these like big businesses like H&M saying that they've got their sustainable mm. lines. Um, but the reverse of that is we've also had businesses green hushing where they're actually doing some really good stuff, but not having the confidence to talk about it because they're worried about, you know, the kind of, if they get any kind of flashback from it yeah i mean i think it's really interesting because the the um the difference but so yeah h&m who wins the most sustainable fashion brand award repeatedly um which really pisses me off because it's like i know (laughs) i know what they're doing and i know what we're doing for example and it's very very different but on the flip side you've got 
you get so much more scrutiny. I mean, we get a phenomenal amount of questions and real challenges compared to somebody like H&M, who is blatantly making a lot of this up and doing it for very financially driven reasons. Um, but yeah, you do get people that, and you you sort of are putting yourself out there a bit by saying you're sustainable. Nothing is ultimately sustainable, particularly at the levels that we consume. But even if you say you're a sustainable business and you're doing things well, you really are putting yourself up for a lot of challenge and criticism and stuff that I think is interesting when we don't challenge the big brands on it. So there's consumer work, there's legislation, there's all sorts. All the pieces need to come together to do something about it because it isn't that simple. And I think Green Hush, I totally get it because if you stand up and say, we are doing this, somebody will come back and say, well, are you? Or yes, you could do it better. And I still think every little change is better than not doing it mm. and you're never going to be perfect there's no you cannot be fully sustainable or zero waste or any of these things and that puts a huge amount of pressure on people both the customers who can't do it all um and small businesses that don't want to kind of admit to what they are or shout about what they are doing because they feel that they're going to be challenged on it or challenged on the things that they're not doing whereas and part of B Corp, actually, interestingly, is the transparency. So you have to share all of this stuff, which I think is also really good because you say we are really good at this. We are not good at that. And we do it in our impact reports. We share all our failures each year because I think that's really important to mm. say, yeah, we're, we're doing some stuff, but there's still a long way to go. And there's a lot of stuff that we haven't got right. And we're hopefully taking our customers with us so they understand um, the decisions and stuff that we're making. I think it's like a metaphor for business ownership generally. This, you know, um, rec recognition that it's not a perfect journey. It, it will not be a perfect journey. Um, Rosie and I have spoken about this many times and the sort of discomfort of that and sort of allowing yourself to sit with that it will not be perfect. And if you're able to then say as well, we recognise where we're not doing so well and this is what we're doing about it. I think that's just you know, widening widening out to all companies, whether they're B Corp or not. Um, I think there's a lot of people that can identify with that journey. And it's much more realistic. Mm. Going back to, I mean, it's more humour, you know, it's just more genuine. Yeah. Because starting a business, sustainable anything, is like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> roller coaster. And so sometimes everything's going brilliantly and other times you just feel like you've been hit by some ridiculous train that is flattening you know and you're really fighting everything and that's realistic to share that story I think is also quite helpful because the polished view that you get whether it's on social or anything else is not real or at least only for you know one percent of the time and then everything else behind the scenes and you know the overnight success it's like there's nothing overnight and there's nothing and it does help to just have those conversations and be much more transparent with people. So whether it is around your environmental stuff, your sustainability or just mm -hmm. your business journey generally, sharing the things that have gone wrong is much more interesting and mm -hmm. useful for other people as much as anything. Agreed. I think there's actually a responsibility on business owners to do that and to be honest and to sort of, you know, mm. say, to say that there are days, you know, there's certainly you'd find me on days where I'm lying face down in my office on the carpet thinking, what mm. am I doing? Um, 
Yeah, and it, it isn't helpful, I think, to people that are just starting out in business or who are contemplating starting out in business to to show them the flashy Instagram stories mm-hmm. and go, you know, if, if you do this, this is what it would be like. Because as we've talked about before, there will be there will be times when it is, you know, it's really, really difficult. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it just struck me as a metaphor generally for business. I like it. Mm. And I think it just comes back to the point of, you know, why, why it's so important to have have a mission mm. Um, mm. because, you know, as you are saying earlier, you should know why you're lying on the floor yeah, yeah, in the yeah, living yeah. room <laughs> in bits. You need the reason yeah. for getting up. <laughs> you absolutely need that reason for for getting up and, and going again the next day. Um, mm. Yeah, for me, it's vital. Yeah. So if somebody was kind of starting their, their business journey, um, how how would you suggest that they go about kind of honing their mission statement did it take you a long time to get to the mission for for you underwear was it something that came quite naturally um i think for us it came quite well i suppose the mission in terms of the what we were trying to do was not about natural but it just came from seeing the problem so it was just there um and not being able to let that go so that bit of it was uh I was going to say easy, definitely not easy, but easier to kind of establish and have that clear driver. I think polishing it into a mission from a marketing perspective and comms and and stuff is harder. And particularly for us where we do quite a lot. So the donating underwear is one thing, produce, only using organic cotton is another, producing it sustainably is another. We don't airbrush our images, we only use real models. We try and minimise our waste. You know, once you have all those list of things that you're trying to do, it's really hard to then communicate that to people because some people care about one bit, some don't care about the other. And how do you make it clear? And ultimately, we're still a fashion business. We're just trying to sell pants, which gets confused. You know, some people just want that. A lot. Of, ultimately, people are just looking for underwear, but it happens to be underwear that does something more. So how do you kind of marry up all those bits? Um, so the kind of marketing bit of it, I think, is a different layer on top almost. How you identify your mission is going back. What do you want to do something about, really? That why. Go and read the Simon Sinek book. Go and watch his TED Talks. And work out what's important to you. Because ultimately, particularly as a small business, it's you. You can't do something that isn't genuinely you and you don't care about. Because lying on the floor will get very hard (laughs) if it is something that, um, you know, you are your business, really at the start and you've got to be really really connected to it and passionate about it and driven by it to enjoy it survive it go through all those kind of ups and downs so i think finding something that motivates you or flip side pisses you off that you want to tackle and then how do you do that and how do you make a difference and then going through all the kind of business steps of product market you know does anybody else think this is Mm -hmm. important do they care um and if you're doing a product business and there's a whole load of things on the back of that as well, it's like, how do you tackle it? But I think going back to the original, why are you doing this? And it, if you're just, if you want to start a business, then I think it's hard to retrofit a purpose to it because I want to work for myself. I want to work on, I want to set up my own business. Cool. But that's very different to I want to solve this problem and that's I'm going to do it through this particular mechanism. And neither is necessarily more valid than the other, um, apart from the mission bit. But I think in terms, you know, you've got to kind of really think that through um, and challenging your thinking and 
mm. um, on each of those elements because it is hard and working on your own. It's a lonely job at times. Um, you're working on your own. On the flip side, you have ultimate flexibility. I'm unemployable now. <laughs> I can never go back. Wouldn't go back for anything. Um, but I think, yeah, have, and having a support network around you and all the stuff and having people doing the same thing that you can have the conversations yeah. with. Because it's like therapy when I get together with friends and people I know that are doing this because they understand and it's very different from having a proper job because, you know, pros and cons. Um, but it is a completely different set of responsibilities and decisions and, and stuff that you're making. Um, but again, if you're motivated by something, then all of that becomes a little bit... Mm. It's the foundational piece. You know, clearly, got a kindred spirit in the room. Um, it's this this whole values thing, and you mentioned that word earlier. Mm. It's it's absolutely foundational for me in business, but also just generally. I think I'm, a lot of my clients come to me with their issue, and, and if I wanted to put that word in a nutshell, it is you know I don't know what I want to do. Um, yeah. And it, it is the first piece of work, I think, for anyone yeah. to do, whether they are looking to start a business, they're already in business or or they're not. They're in, you know, an employed status. But figuring out, you know, what's important to me, what would I what would I stand up for in a crowd, you know, in a crowded room? If I mm. hear something, what is going to push my buttons enough that I will stand up and say something about that? Um, and that's so, you know, if we talk about mission in terms of, of, of a business, um yeah, figuring out what drives you, um, possibly what problem is it I want to solve. But for those people that think, okay, yes, I'd like to start a business, but I, uh, what in, what, what skill set have I got? Start with the, you know, what are you passionate about? What, what are you interested in? I always say to my clients, you know, where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your time and where are you spending your money? Um, because that's normally a bit of a giveaway to what you're interested in. And then mm. if you start investing more time in those areas. So for me, I, you know, I went to night school, um, not necessarily because I wanted to acquire a particular skill, but because I thought of something and I thought, and it was, it was coaching for me. And I thought, I'm quite interested in that. How can I find more people interested in that? And so, for, yeah, it's absolutely mm. key for me. This, the mission part starts with identify what's important to you. Or as you said, the flip side what really drives me bonkers mm. um, because normally there's some really key information in that. Mm. I think it's interesting. So years ago, I used to, or I still do, run Bold, um, which is a what we call a positive change agency, um, which started as New Year's Resolution Club, which was basically Annabelle and myself um, about 13, 14 years ago having that challenge of stuff that we wanted to do no real kind of focus or outlet for it um and everything that we did so it's basically supporting women to set in personal and professional goals and every single thing came back to their values and that was the first bit that we did with everybody because it's very much what motivates you and whether it is it doesn't have to be kind of mission purpose in a in a business sense or in trying to solve problems or anything else but we had a really good example. So we both we both had very similar values. And one of them was freedom. Um, but we, that resonated for us or reflect came out in very different ways. So for Annabelle, and she won't mind me saying this, her sort of freedom, independence value was met by having a very good, stable, successful job that allowed her the freedom to do other things and travel and spend the money and do her other hobbies and kind of all the other things that she enjoyed. For me, the freedom was absolutely not having a job and 
turned out working for myself. But it took quite a lot of work to, you know, getting back to that. And it's more about, you know, what really inside matters and having the long list of values and then going through and gradually crossing them off and kind of picking up the ones that you would fight for, basically. Mm. And actually, that's really, really important. And then what does it mean to you? Because you can have the same word, the same value, but it comes out in a very different way. And it has been really interesting, all the all the coaching work and stuff that we did with those groups. Big decisions in, in life, you hit a certain age or you come back to work after having kids or whatever it is. It's kind of like there's something else, there's something missing. And connecting back to that in the first instance is, I think, the only way really you're long term going to solve it. And that's where you get that dissatisfaction. It's kind of it's not mapping to my values. Or it's not meeting my values and my needs because I'm constantly frustrated by whatever it is. And if you know what those values are, it's a lot easier to kind of go, OK, well, that's actually what's driving it all. And then you can go on a route, whether it is starting a business or whether it's actually staying in your job, but changing that one thing that gives you yep. the satisfaction that you need to kind of tick the boxes. So It is the compass. That's how I describe it. Yeah. Once you've got them figured out, it is the absolute compass for all the decision making going forward. And, and decisions, certainly I find, have been much more straightforward. It doesn't make them easy. It doesn't make them comfortable, but much more straightforward having understood mm. those aspects. So, yeah. Totally in agreement. Love values. Love values. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of you under, so you've now got B Corp, B Corp status. Yeah. So have you, so you've got some goals that B Corp have set you to work on over the next year? What's, what's, so we've what, got, what does yeah. the next year look like for you Gosh, under? I don't know. I need to do my planning. <laughs> um, it's kind of growing, I suppose, is kind of where we are now. So we've sort of, proved it at one level in terms of we've got the product we've got um, underwear that customers like and are coming back to um, and supporting us and we're having the impact so we've kind of got those elements in place and now we just need to do more so our long-term target has always been to donate 23,000 pairs by 2023 which is the number that I set up at the start not knowing whether that was in any way achievable um, but actually we've just donated our 20,000th so we are on track amazingly um, so it's kind of doing more of that, basically. How can we have more impact? We've got new products coming out, but within the constraint of not encouraging excessive consumption. So it's stuff that people need and in response to demand rather than just going down any sort of fashion route. Um, and then around, again, around our impact. So how do we improve? We've committed to net zero by 2030. We brought that forward to 2025. What does that mean? How do we do that? What are our scope one, two and three? Um, elements and so kind of literally continuously improving everything um, that we do so around packaging is a really good example so we've gone from recycled to biodegradable to compostable and we want to go paper um, but we also collect them and turn them into earrings and things like that so it's kind of it's just gradually as we grow things that open up to us in terms of the opportunity to kind of improve it because again as a small business we just don't have the um, time, money, um, or um, size and scale as much as anything to kind of do a lot of the stuff that we want to. So again, being part of the B Corp community has been brilliant because we can punch above our weight um, and join with some of the other businesses that are trying to do this. So we've got a circular fashion scheme, for example, because we don't want any of our stuff or anything to end up in landfill. So we're buddying with some of the big um, regenerative brands that are doing much more around 
improving that so that we can recycle the underwear at the end of its life so nothing goes to landfill so it's kind of it's it's kind of more of the same but um hopefully improving all those elements that's brilliant so um if people want to connect with you where's the best place to find you underwear uh either online if you are into that kind of thing um on the interweb we are at youunderwear.com so that's that's our main website that's where we do most of our storytelling engaging talk about all our impact and sell our undies um on all the social channels which is you underwear uk um and then we're in the covered market as well we've got a little shop medium-sized shop um that we've had since november that we're hoping to stay all being well um and so people can come and see them and I'm in there most of the time so I can sort of bore people more with my stories of <laughs> pants and impact um so yeah in the shop as well and share the mission <laughs> exactly yeah talk about changing the world with pants and empowering women on the back of that that's what we're trying to do not just provide underwear so amazing it's very inspirational Sarah so thank you so thank much you. for coming in today and talking to us thank you very much thank you for having me You've been listening to the Infinite Oxford podcast sponsored by Story94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe to help more people hear indie stories from across Oxfordshire. Bye for now.